listening to the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from RAGBRAI. And I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. This is the podcast where we just talk about biking for the fun of it. If it's here in Iowa, talking about RAGBRAI, cycling throughout the Midwest, throughout the country, if it's about fun cycling, we're going to talk about it here. So come for the bike, stay for the fun, leave with a smile. This is episode number 15. All right, Mark, what's been going on in your world? You know, I've just been grinding away in the office doing uh, catch-up stuff after the legislature got done. And uh, the good news is I'm riding my bike a whole lot. I'm having a lot of fun. I put in uh, 30 miles, about a third of it was gravel this Saturday, and uh, another 15 on Sunday. How, how have you been doing? Awesome. Get any time on the bike? Well, you know, your gravel, you know, I had to bike a little bit near sand because I happened to be over at the Bike Leadership Conference in Monterey, California, and I got to ride the famous 17-mile drive out to it, Pebble Beach. And it, it, it didn't suck. How's that? That sounds rough. I, I've ridden that with you before, so I completely understand. But uh, yeah, yeah, beautiful ride just, out there. You know, I mean, just some great friends from the bike industry and uh, People for Bikes. One of our sponsors of Ragbride did a did a great little uh, session where they had just a lot of leaders that that gathered and did a nice little bike ride and, and gather and just talked talk about some of the things that we're trying to accomplish in cycling. And uh, one of the people that's also working for People for Bikes got to ride a little bit with a guy named Tim Johnson. I don't know if you know Tim. I've heard of he, Tim once or twice, yeah. Yeah, yeah he cool happens guy. to be a pretty pretty decent cyclocross racer, retired now, I guess. And, um, you know, he happened to be over in Iowa City when they did the UCI World Cup event. He was one of the broadcasters uh, with Christian Vandeveld. And uh, obviously, you know, his credentials as far as the cyclocross world are impeccable. Um, you know, one of the one of the best ever to to compete. And um, so just cool guy. First time I really got to ride with with Tim and have a little conversation. And, um, you know, he thinks the world of, of Iowa and the crazies that that go up on the hill, um, you know, during the Jingle Cross event that that we've all loved for for many, many years. But, uh, you know, show, showcasing the world that Iowa City is for real when it comes to cyclocross and, um, you know, hats go off to all the people that that made that event possible. And, um, you know, good to see, you know, someone like Tim that that's been racing all over the world come to Iowa City in the capacity of just saying, hey, what a wonderful place this is. So uh, look forward to seeing Tim and the rest of the game back uh, this fall for cyclocross in Iowa City. Well, that was cool. You got to ride with him. I'm sure you had to kind of back it down a notch or two so he could keep up. <laughs> well, you know, he was pretty cool because at some point I was riding um, a, a rental bike and it wasn't the best um, shifting and, you know, used to used to my own bike. And, you know, when you're going up and down quite a bit and, um, you know, just little little help along the way from a professional like that, um, you know, was really cool. And yeah. You know, the best in the world, um, they put they put those spandex on just like you and me, one leg at a time. And, um, you know, you can ride with anyone. I mean, that's the cool thing about the fun side of cycling. It's not how fast you can go. It's not your hair's on fire. It's, you know, sit back, enjoy the scenery, enjoy the friendships on bikes. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we focus on in this podcast, the Just Go Bike podcast. Well, I'm sorry I missed that trip this year. That sounds like a lot of fun. But, uh, hey, we're still having a lot of fun back here in Iowa, and, and the weather's been outstanding. So, yeah. Um, I think it was colder out there in, in California than it was in Iowa. 
Yeah. Usually it takes a turn for the worst about this weekend because isn't Trans-Iowa coming up? Yeah. And I think uh, some of our friends on this Just Go Bike podcast caught up with Guitar Ted. And, you know, he's one of the leaders of, of the cross cross nation here in the Midwest and in Iowa. And uh, looking forward to hearing that conversation uh, that was just recorded recently about the upcoming events. Hey, welcome back, Just Go Bike listeners. This is Brian Powers. I'm here with Mark Stevenson in the basement of Europa Cycle and Ski in Waterloo. Mark, uh, also known as Guitar Ted, probably most famously known as the creator and race director of Trans-Iowa, now going on number 13 this That's year. That's right, yeah. Do you want to start a, with a little bit of your background and, and tell me how that kind of parlays into yeah, sure. trans and the beginning of that? Yeah, you bet. Um I'm a cyclist since I was a kid, you know, just like most people that, that love biking. They, they got that bite, that bug uh, bit them when they were a little kid, you know, exploring, running around freedom. I discovered that there were more places to ride bikes than just on the streets. This is in the 70s. And so, you know, the bicycles that were made then weren't really meant for anything other than pavement. So I was pushing the limits a little bit and uh, having some problems because of that. And so I kind of put biking on the back burner for a while because what I was doing, what I wanted to do, wasn't you know fitting in with what I could get my hands on <laughs> equipment-wise. So then I heard about mountain bikes, and, and of course that was more my, my style. Got into that, um, began, began racing mountain bikes in the 90s, and then... I kind of disillusioned with the racing side of it. But in the meantime, I was hanging out at a bike shop called Advantage Cyclery in Cedar Falls, Iowa. And I was there so much that the guy said, uh, do you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> so I became a bicycle mechanic that way. Wow. And, um, uh, then, then just from there on, you know, just was immersed in the bicycle culture and bicycle things and all riding things bike. bicycle. Yeah, all things bike, right. <laughs> I feel like gravel and adventure cycling, it's all about this process of discovery more mm -hmm. so than anything else. I mean, some people get in their cars and drive for miles, but there's, what is it about being in a bike versus, or being on a bike, I should say, rather than being in a car that kind of fuels that need for adventure, that need, that need to discover, see what's over the next hill? Well, you know, when you're in a car and you're with some other people and you'll say, hey, did you see that? And they'll go, no. And then it's like the moment's gone. You can't go back and recreate that. You can't go back and unless you physically turn the car around. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that, right? They want to keep going. We're we got to get to our location. Yeah, we got to get there. So you're you're not going to stop and, and go back and look. And with a bike, you, I've heard somebody say this several years ago that you're going at bicycle speed, which then allows you to do that. Stop because and turn you, you can stop. Well, you're not. You don't even really have to stop and turn around because you're not going fast enough to go by it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. So um, you can say, "Hey, look at that. Where over there? Oh yeah." And you have time to discuss it. You have time to take it in. Have time to go there if you want to, maybe. Um, whereas in in a car, you're, we're kind of. It's almost like we're uh, in the bloodstream and we can't get out. You know, sure. we have to just keep going the way we're going. So I think bicycles foster that slower pace, the the more the ability to soak things in. If you're just going out for a ride, the destination is the fact that you're 
on your bike riding rather than in a car where it's like, oh, well, we have 10 minutes and we have to get across town. Yeah. Let's go now. <laughs> this 45-mile trip is a waste. I mean, the 42 miles is a waste. The, the ends are what matter. Exactly. You know, the beginning and the end. So, yeah, I mean, nobody really car tours. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think Bicycle. that died with Route 66, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so one quote when I was uh, just kind of doing some research on this, and I forget which blog I saw it on or which part of your writing, I think it was on the Guitar Ted blog. And it talked about the origins of Trans-Iowa and how you came up with it and why you came up with it and what leads to you know a 300-plus mile race through some gravel and B roads through back roads of Iowa. Um, it was just that beyond a personal satisfaction I get from providing an avenue for cyclists to realize they have the ability to overcome a challenge they thought they were not able to overcome previously, which I think is just such a great, it's not about the end. It's about that middle ground and about the challenge of basically just overcoming something. Does that still resonate with you? Is that still why you, like why you continue the race? That's probably one of the most important facets of what I do because I feel like uh, as an individual in life, no matter what it, what it is you do, very few of us are going to stand on a podium. Very few of us are going to receive a big prize. Most of us are just going to be going through our lives uh, reaching milestones. And I think probably the worst thing for most people to, to be in is in a plateau season in their life, right? So nothing's changing. You know, it's boring. There's no excitement in my life. So things like <clears throat> a challenge that you can overcome excite people because even if you aren't successful in it, you put yourself out there and tried. And it's different than the normal daily grind. And you, you've, through that challenge, through that effort, you've uh, you've achieved um, some things that maybe you didn't think you could do. You've learned some things you didn't know before about yourself. Uh, you've gone to places inside of yourself that you've never explored before, maybe. Um, and and I, know I don't want to get too deep and off the spiritual end of things, but I, there's an element of that I think is important to people uh, in our culture that they need that. Mm-hmm. And they, 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 they inherently have that desire within them to do those kinds of things. And whether that gets you uh, an award or whatever, that doesn't matter. You know, uh, yeah. it matters. The experience is what matters. And, and when you come out the other side, you have a story to tell. And that's, that's fun when you go back to the office and go, hey, last week I did this 100-mile gravel thing. And, really? That's crazy. Well, <laughs> tell me about it, you know? That story's the prize. Yeah, that story's the prize, right. And, and what you got it out of it inside is the prize. I mean, that's really rewarding for me. That's my reward for doing this, you know? I can imagine you can get into some pretty dark places at 3 in the morning on a B road that's covered in mud and muck. You have to find something within yourself yeah. to complete that, I would imagine, that... Yeah could relate very well to everyday life and achieving something like a, yeah. I mean, cycling related or otherwise. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, my personal epiphany with that concept came years and years ago when I was on a, a self-supported tour and we were in uh, South Dakota and it was in August and it was really hot and my uh, two cycling companions were way up the road ahead of me. So I was, I couldn't even see them. They were so far oh, up wow. the road ahead of me. And uh, there was this massive headwind, and I can remember uh, just coming to a point where I was just totally broken down, you know, and yelling and screaming and anger, you know, <laughs> and, 
and crying <laughs> and going through all these different emotions. And then uh, five miles later, I'm like, wow, I'm still riding my bike. I went, you, you rode through it, you know? And, and then your friends are waiting for you at the top of the hill and they're asking if you're okay. And then you're like, yeah, I guess I'm okay. I'm still going, you know? <laughs> and at, but at that point back there, when I was by myself and I thought the world was coming to an end, um, you know, I didn't know I could keep going. And I think that's what the people in Trans Iowa or any kind of an adventure race find out. They find out that this isn't the end of my rope. There's more, you know, and I and I can I can keep going. And I think one of the other quotes that really stood out to me was you were talking about uh, the gents race and that how your friend got all the way to the end three miles or so yeah, away. Three miles from the end is terrible. It was a pop bead yeah. or something like that. But it was at that point it was a thing. Yeah, that stopped him. It, it wasn't. A, a mental, right. like, I need to stop. It was a, a physical thing that was almost out of your control. Yeah. Which I think is, is really powerful to kind of make that distinction of what, yeah. why you are stopping. He's, he came into that event in not the greatest physical shape, and uh, he was ready to throw in the towel like 10 miles into it. Wow. I said, okay. You know, I accepted that and tried to encourage him and you know, told him I loved him and thought it was great that because he's a good friend of mine, and it was really great to have him there. Regardless of how long we got to ride, I was just glad to be able to ride a little bit with him, and I guess that encouraged him enough that he kept going. And the whole idea of I'm not going to make it and how hard that was kind of got pushed aside. I think he realized what was going on about ten miles later, and he said, <laughs> "I suck at quitting." <laughs> And so he sucked at quitting till three miles to the end. Oh. <laughs> but it was amazing to watch his transformation through the event. And then when that tire blew, it was just like, you know, we could laugh about it, right? Because he'd overcome this he got big that mountain, far. Right? And, at that and point, he was going to finish, you know, mm -hmm. it was just that thing that stopped him. You could have very easily just ridden ahead with the rest of your team and mm -hmm. said, all right, Sam, we'll see you at the end, you know, best of luck. <laughs> yep. you know? But, you know, what is it that, about bike rides in particular that, kind of help people share that bond? Well, there's probably a lot of things that go into that. I mean, part of it's we're in the Midwest and and True. our culture here is maybe a little different and fosters that kind of thought. But I think as far as cycling goes, um, and I know this is true from the standpoint of longer rides like Trans-Iowa and the like, um, there's a bond that you make with your fellow riders, when you go through those dark places that we talked about before, you see the ugly side of this other person, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. When you go through things like that and you still accept that as you accept, accept that about each other. And there's something um, empowering about that, I think. But, you know, that, that kind of thing isn't just indicative of, of a gravel uh, road riding culture. I mean, I can remember being in the Shawamigan 40 in 1996 and I decided I was going to go light and not take any repair gear with uh -oh. me. And I got about 24 miles into it. I think it was something like that. And I broke my chain. Oh. And here's my chain laying on the ground, you know. And I'm like, I'm still good to go, but I didn't bring anything to work on it with. Ah, I'm done. So I pick up my chain. I'm walking along. People are passing me like crazy. And suddenly this young man pulls up next to me and he says, hey, what's the, what's the trouble? I broke my chain. He goes, he, he didn't see it because I had it in my pocket. And he goes, well, do you have it? I go, yeah. Like, so? <laughs> you know? He's like, well, I got a chain tool. 
I'm like, rad. So he gets off his bike and he, he did all the work for me. Really? Yeah. I mean, he gets off and he goes, you know, I'm, I'm riding this with my dad and my dad's a little slower. So I'm just picking out people I can help and along the way. Oh, and, that's so cool. You know, that was super encouraging to me. And when he left, I had like, the, you know, it was like the Grinch who, whose heart grew four times its size. That <laughs> I mean, I felt like that, you know? Sure. And so then I took off with this renewed energy and this enthusiasm and I finished. That's awesome. Because of that. And I never forgot that. You know, that was a lesson that I learned. And, and you know, it just takes one person to to instill that in a group. And I think then it just feeds off itself. And I think that's kind of where that comes from with cycling. Because that happens and rag riot happens at, you know, other cycling events. And sure. I just think that, you know, and, and it's a positive thing that people want to see grow. So yeah. it, it's encouraged. These homegrown grassroots, grassroots events that bring commerce and they bring people through these parts of the well i mean in our state in iowa here but across the country now i mean mm -hmm. trans iowa has spawned countless races at this point um of people just exploring different roads and going back to that that nature of discovery and oh oh that place looks cool oh, let's stop and get a drink here and yeah all of a sudden you know there's 50 bucks and that that place would have never seen and yeah yeah, I mean, you look at uh, the probably the best example that I'm aware of of that is uh, the Dirty Kanza. And I went to the first one in 2006, and there were 34 of us, I think, in the in the event that oh, wow. year. So it had basically, you know, zero in economic impact. You know, we we sold a few motel rooms, <laughs> ate somewhere, but um, I can remember going downtown and thinking, "Wow, this town's really run down." Reminds me a lot of Iowa towns, you know, rural, not a lot of businesses downtown, mm -hmm. things like that. Well, obviously, there's more to it than just dirty Kansas. But if you go there now, that town's totally different than wow. it was the first year I was there. But dirty Kansas is a big part of that. And yep. now there's a new way of thinking. And uh, one of the gals there, Christy, Mo Christy Moan, who's uh, one of the organizers of the event, she said, you know, now we have people thinking about getting in shape people that want to do fitness, you know, and involve cycling in that. And so it's changing the whole culture of the city. And it's, it's making, cool. Yeah, it's making them more healthy, you know, and not not to mention the the tourism and all that mm -hmm. stuff, which is obvious, but it, this is long-term benefits that, that the community is going to get because of a silly gravel race. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, who would have thought? You know? <laughs> because the county didn't want to pave their roads. Right. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the last thing I took out of, uh, you know, as I was kind of doing some back research, uh, was this idea that you wanted to spread this love, this feeling that you got riding these gravel roads. And what is that feeling? And, and what drives you to want to share it? Well, I think it that goes back to, part of it goes back to the, the touring that I mentioned, you know, um, just seeing what's over the next hill, you know, seeing things that nobody else is going to see because this, these are places you don't go in a car, right? I think that when gravel events combine their, the local culture, the local historical interest in with their event, then that puts the seed in people that, wow, what, what does my area have that I don't know about? You know, you start digging, oh, there was this old ghost town, let's go to there. Or there's this place that used to be you know a town that i want to go see what that looks like 
you essentially become part historian mm-hmm. and tour guide putting these things together, I yeah. can imagine. Yeah. And um, whether they think they do or not, you know, and, and it kind of awakens that, I think. So. And cycling just this great avenue to right. see it. I mean, because you, you essentially become part historian mm-hmm. and tour guide putting these things together, I yeah. can imagine. Yeah. That's part of the reason I like to do what I do. The other part of the reason I like to do what I do is because I think, I feel that cycling has done a lot for me personally, uh, and I want to give back. It's my way of sharing uh, my enthusiasm, my passion, what I find is important in cycling. And for those like-minded people who think that's cool, they come and do Trans-Iowa. So, yeah. Um, why do you find it important to give back to this sport? Well, I think that um, if you're just a taker, you're not ever going to have a life that is satisfying, ultimately. you know, There's something about giving that enriches your life. And I find that, um, you know, by giving through Trans-Iowa, the things that I do, I get back way more than I give. Like, like put it in practical terms. If you go to Christmas with your family and you don't give your grandma a present, <laughs> you don't get the love, right? You're not getting an invited back next year. <laughs> You're not going to get the pie and ice cream. Nope. Right? <laughs> It's very true. So, I mean, it feels good to give, too. It's one last question uh, that we ask everybody on the show. Um, What is your favorite kind of pie? My favorite kind of pie. Wow. Do you get ice cream with it? Sure. That's important. Yeah. Yeah, we can do ice cream. (laughs) Okay. Well, as long as I can have ice cream with it. Uh, I would say raisin pie. Raisin pie? I don't think I've ever had raisin pie. That's awesome. My, it was my grandpa's favorite pie. I guess maybe that's why I, I like it so much. Is it and a, I don't get it very often. <laughs> is it a guarded family recipe? No, I don't really know why he liked raisin pie so much. But I remember the only time I ever really got it was at Thanksgiving at Grandma's place. And and I, I knew that was his favorite pie. And I just, I don't know, I really like it. <laughs> that's awesome. Mark, it's been, or Guitar Ted, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to come onto the Just Go Bike podcast. Um, hopefully we'll be able to catch up with you out at, at Trans coming up uh, April 29th and 30th Yep. Um, for the 13th running. So yep. If anybody wants to uh, follow along on writinggravel.com, we'll have a Trans Iowa page where people are going to call in. Okay. So if you want to, you know, that weekend here you know, live reports from people who are actually out riding it and a little bit from me, you can go there and, and uh, catch it up and on there. How else can people find you on, on various social brands? Okay. Well, I'm uh, I am part owner of writinggravel.com, so I do reviews and stuff on there. And we have a gravel road uh, racing calendar on there that you can use as a resource. Uh, I also do uh, my own personal blog called Guitar Ted Productions, which is uh, g-tedproductions.blogspot.com. And, um, yeah, and Trans-Iowa uh, website, too. So, yeah, that's, that's my, my venue. Great. Thanks again, Dan. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, hello there, and welcome to Parrot Talk. This is Andrea, and I'm talking at you today about a very special question that I got. Did you hear that? That was my pregnant pause, and that brings me to the question, which is, Uh, I'd love to hear anything and everything about pregnant cyclists. I'm 24 weeks, and I was devastated when my midwife said I should stay off a bike. 
they ended up compromising so that she can ride a recumbent tricycle and still be biking. Um, but she really wants some more information and suggestions on cycling while pregnant. Now, as you may know, the rest of the Just Go Bike team are male, and I myself have never been pregnant. So I invited a special guest today to help me chat about cycling while pregnant. And I'd like to introduce you to Becky McKay, who is a midwife and a very good friend of mine. Thank you, Andrea, for your invitation. I do appreciate being here. Okay, so let's start with the basics. What's the first thing you should keep in mind when you're cycling while pregnant? Okay, the first thing that I'm going to recommend for your listeners to keep in mind is that they have sought out their care provider for a reason. So what I want you to do or what I want your listeners to do is to, first of all, seek the uh, recommendations of their provider. Find a middle ground. Tell them how passionate you are about what you want to do. Um, listen to their recommendations. And hopefully, since you've chosen them with great care, that you're going to go ahead and listen to what they have to say or be able to work with them. Yeah, and it sounds like our the person who wrote in is already off to a good start on that point. Right. She's already talked to her midwives. Yeah. Okay. So you're out there biking while you're pregnant. You've talked to your medical provider. What is the reason why you should be concerned? What should you be careful of? Okay, Andrea, this is kind of a four or five pointer. I okay. think the first point in why be concerned. Um, after 20 weeks, the uterus begins to rise up out of the pelvic uh frame that it's been kind of snuggled down into. So you have this growing abdomen with the uterus rising out of the pelvis. So you have a risk of trauma with any falls, mm -hmm. not only against uh, concrete or asphalt or grass, but you also have handlebars that can mm -hmm. end up in the abdomen. To me, why be concerned? I think a growing abdomen is number one. Yeah. Uh, and that also kind of changes the way you're shaped too. So your center of gravity is a little bit off. Exactly. That was next. That was next point okay. um, that I was going to bring up. Um, people don't really think about um, their balance, but um, when you are pregnant, your center of gravity changes. So mm -hmm. uh, you are more off balance. Center of gravity does change, and so you have to be cognizant of your cen center of balance. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I wouldn't have necessarily ever thought of that. So, um, and then tell me a little bit about actually being on the bike and the comfort of being on the bike. Exactly. Um, uh, all women have uh, varying degrees of discomfort when they're first getting started for the season on sitting on a seat. Mm -hmm. So not sure. only do we have um, to be concerned about sitting on a seat, even in a non-pregnant state, mm -hmm. but women as they advance in their pregnancies have more blood flow to certain parts of their body, i.e. their mama parts. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have more engorgement and you're going to have more swelling. In the heat, in some type of riding clothes that's going to be exacerbated. So you have to find a comfortable seat and a comfortable style of clothing to yes. be able to wear um, when you are sitting on that seat, especially for long periods of time. Yeah, it sounds like it could be very uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And the second part of that is as your abdomen grows, um, think about how you normally um, stroke your cycles. You raise your leg up, the right leg comes mm -hmm. up, the left leg goes down, and think about where your knees end up. So you mm -hmm. have a growing abdomen with that baby and uterus and amniotic fluid and everything else inside. So now when you try to get your knees raised up uh, to begin your next stroke, um, you're not going to be able to complete and come up to the top. So you are going to splay your, your legs, your hips open to mm -hmm. the outside to be able to miss that 
belly with that knee. Yeah, you kind of have to have a different riding posture. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so it's pretty important to have an adjustable bike or... Exactly. Uh, adjustable seat, um, the post on the mm-hmm. seat, as well as your distance to and from the handlebars mm-hmm. and possibly even the types of handlebars that you are using for your bicycle. Sure, like maybe a cruiser or the trike like our rider was using or exactly. something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, that sounds kind of fun for a normal rider, too. <laughs> I would really love to have a cruiser. <laughs> so, okay. So let's move on to what you should do. So you got your bike. You got your outfit. Uh, how about actually riding the bike? Um, sure. Uh, riding a bike, uh, when you think about it, we are, all humans are about 75% water. Mm-hmm. So now uh, a pregnant woman increases her blood flow at different times in her pregnancy, and she can increase her amount of uh, circulating blood volume a couple times over. Mm-hmm. So to do that, you need to have extra fluid. Mm-hmm. So to be able to bike in the heat for long distances, you're going to have to be cognizant of needing extra water. Sure. And uh, along with needing extra water comes needing extra areas to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so. Uh, you have to worry about hydration. You have to worry about um, dissipating the heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all sweat. And when we're riding a bike, that that breeze blows over us and we evaporate and we cool down. But one thing that you have to remember, remember, Andrea, is that that baby inside can't get that breeze and doesn't turn down the heat as well. So when mama's heat up and mama's metabolic rate heats up, that amniotic fluid is going to heat up. So that baby is going to heat up as well. And they'll stay hotter for longer. They'll stay hotter for longer because they're inside that heated water. Mm -hmm. Well, which is a good thing for protection, but it's not great for cooling off quickly. Exactly. That's the the one thought behind uh, pregnant women not being able to utilize hot tubs when they're pregnant. Yeah, okay. Moms are great. They can get out and sit on the side of the hot tub if they get too warm, but those babies can't do that. Sure. Yeah, and so it sounds like you kind of have to plan your route just a little more carefully in advance because, I mean, just as a normal rider, it's hard enough to remember to drink enough and go to the bathroom, you know, on a regular basis. And so you just have to be a little bit more careful. Exactly. You have to know where the water stops are. Mm-hmm. You have to have the equipment to be able to carry more water. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to um, have places where you can get rid of that water. Yep. Good call. Okay. So then the other thing that I was thinking of is it might be a good idea to use the buddy system. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, pregnancies, nine times out of ten, um, go to completion without any type of problem or any type of incident or issue. Mm-hmm. But um, there's always those concerns. And um you always want to be proactive with mm-hmm. what you do. Yes. And I would recommend the same for any pregnant person that's riding on RAGBRAI. Yeah. Know ahead of time, um, pro, uh, plan ahead of time, and make sure that you ask your provider for a copy of your antenatal or your pregnancy records. Digitize them or put them in some type of a laminated container. Yep. They won't take up much space and take them along with you. And then also kind of keep an idea in the, the towns that we're going to come upon with RAGBRAI um, if they have uh, an urgent care clinic or if mm-hmm. they have a after hours walk in or if they have an ER and yeah. just be able and write those numbers down. It's not going to take you more than a half an hour to get all that information filed and then just carry it along with your medical records and always ride with someone. You know, mm-hmm. you never, never, never take or never put to chance. Um, mm-hmm. So always have somebody that you can confide in, that you can trust everything written down on paper in case they get flustered and you get flustered yep. and you can't remember what and when. So I I like that example of riding with a buddy system. That's yeah. absolutely great. So, And it's good for the moral support, too, even if, you know, no matter what happens, right. it's always nice to have them. So, right, exactly. 
So beyond that, do you have any other suggestions? You have to remember, I think most of all, this is a ride. It's not a race mm-hmm. and that you're supposed to have fun. Yes, doing so, it for fun. Exactly. So if you're pushing yourself or you're stressing out or you're, you don't feel by the time reg ride comes that you're ready to go. So you have to take a day or two pass. Maybe mm-hmm. you won't be able to ride the whole thing. But don't stress out and enjoy yourself and have a great time because that's what rag is all about. Yeah. Yeah, you should take that attitude when you're not pregnant, too. <laughs> exactly. And when you said you're eating for two, I think that's a free pass to eat double the pie. <laughs> that's what I'm interpreting that as. <laughs> um, you know what? Um, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Becky, for coming and talking to me today. You're extremely welcome, Andrea. Thank you. I really you. appreciate it. Well, and that's it for today's Paratalk. So if you have any more questions for me, I'd love to hear from them. Or if you have any questions for Becky, you can write them in the comments on Paratalk at Twitter or Facebook. Or if you'd like to email us, you can send us the email at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to us, and I'll talk to you later. reached the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. Appreciate you listening. And all those listeners out there, remember Wednesday, April 26th, we are going to do our first Just Go Bike meetup ride. And it'll start over at Peachtree, Des Moines Branch. Just go for a little 10-mile spin or so, 10, 12 miles, just to get the legs going. Uh, so come join us for for a beer, perhaps a root beer, uh, anything that, that you would desire before you do a little spin with us. But we're going to have a little fun and love to get to know some of our listeners a little bit better. So looking forward to that this Wednesday, April 26th. This show is made possible by Think Iowa City and its curious communities that surround it. Bikes to You, one of the best bike shops and a Ragbrite charter based in Grinnell, Iowa, and Primalwear. Are you looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, and accessories? Visit Primalwear and learn more. You can find our show notes at JustGoBike.net. What do you want to talk about on this show? Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JustGoBike. Be sure to subscribe to the Just Go Bike podcast and join us next week for more. All right. Well, that's all for now for edition 15, episode 15. And I'm going to leave you today with a quote from the great Eddie Merckx. Ride as much or as little or as long or as short as you feel, but ride. And I think that just sums up what our podcast is all about. Just go bike. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.